Hey everyone, welcome to Whole Parenting Projects. I am your host and coach, Joanna. I am also a parent. And today I wanted to call this podcast, So You Lost Your Shit, What Now? Um, one of the most difficult things that I have found when working with parents and children is delicately navigating parental guilt, right? As a parent, I have it myself. I totally understand it. Um, but it can be very hard, I think, sometimes for parents to reach out. There's many will express fear in doing so because of shame and guilt, like, and, and concern about being judged, um, especially by, like, a quote-unquote professional, right? Um, and so I think this sometimes hinders people from seeking, seeking support um, when they would really benefit from it because they're just feeling like, oh, I, like what I'm doing is hurting my child. What if this person, you know, thinks poorly of me? Um, and in some cases, I work with families where they actually worry sometimes like something might get misconstrued or um, the therapist or the parenting coach might actually even contact CPS, right? Like, and so I feel like there's, there's a lot of barriers to parents reaching out. And so I just kind of wanted to do a podcast on the fact that there is no perfect parenting because there are no perfect people, right? You as a parent, myself included, obviously, we are human first. Um, we, are, we enter into these parenting roles through different ways, but the reality is um, we are all... We all have our different style and we all have different children who need different parenting. So, you know, what works for one family isn't necessarily going to work for another and that's okay. It's not indicative of anything wrong with you, how you did it, or even your child. It's just, a, if something worked for a family you knew and it didn't work for yours, it's just probably not a match. So, one of the things I like to go through, um, I do it more in depth in session, but I just kind of want to do it on a general level to sort of encourage parents um, and validate you in your role is to kind of look at like, so what if you lose your shit? What if you do something in heat of a moment and you are feeling really um, remorseful, really ashamed, really guilty? What are steps you can take? to sort of move through that. The first and foremost is to stop the blame and shame. There's a difference between feeling guilty and feeling ashamed. We can have remorse for a choice that maybe when we're in a calmer state, we reflect on wasn't the most helpful or healthiest, but starting to use that to qualify your, your like level of being goes into a shame, meaning like you start to critique yourself as being a bad parent or you're, you're this or that. That's not going to help you or your child. It's just going to make you feel worse. Now, I'm not suggesting you shouldn't feel remorseful. I'm saying we should take ownership of the mistakes we make, but going into like the deepest of holes with it is just going to drain the life source out of you. And really your child needs you right now. So let's talk about ways to contain that and to move forward. So number one, stop the shame and the blame. Two, apologize to your child. Sometimes I think parents are afraid to admit their mistakes, like it's gonna somehow 
um, limit their credibility or authority, or it just wasn't ever modeled to them. But this is really important. Um, first of all, your mistakes as a parent can be used as teaching moments. It can show how you take responsibility, how you repair by doing it yourself. So the first thing you want to do is absolutely take ownership of what you did without blaming the child. So an example is you do not want to go to your child and say, hey, you know, I'm really sorry I did this, but I did it because you did this. Essentially with the but and then the uh, rationalization of why you did it totally nulls all of the apology. So an apology is really like, I'm really sorry. I feel like I mishandled that. I'm really sorry. I feel like I let my temper get away from me and I, I was really loud. Describe what you did. Apologize for that and impact. Um, so when I refer to impact, what I what I always like to say, an apology is very deepened when you can um, reflect what you think the emotional impact is. Um, most of us have, pro have probably been the recipient of sort of apologies that were genuine, but kind of missed the mark, right? Like, I'm sorry, versus, hey, I'm really sorry I yelled. I bet that really scared you. I bet that really made you feel sad. I bet that hurt your feelings. So note your behavior and apologize for that and your, the impact. This is really important for little kids. Um, well, all kids, but one, you're starting to model repair. You're starting to use emotional language. So like I said before, even if you mess it up, you can use it as a teaching moment. Um, but it usually facilitates conversation about emotions. Um, because they will either agree and be like, yeah, I was really scared, or maybe they'll correct you and be like, I, was, I wasn't sad, I was angry, or, and then just validate that. And it just shows um, that you are listening and that you understand. And that's really, really connecting when um, you do this. I would suggest you do this with adults too, but um, for the sake of the podcast, we're just talking on the parent-child relationship. Um, so three, the next step, Relational repair, you know, when we have these negative moments with our kids, it's really important to realize that they see everything as a reflection of themselves. And so if they think they did bad, they think they are bad. Um, so even though you are the one that lost your shit, they're going to internalize it as probably being about their value. So a really positive thing would be to even invest more conscientious awareness and kind of uh, relational repair, spending more one one time, really balancing out maybe the negative interaction with some positive feedback about what you really admire, value. You know, um, this is something I recommend even when we're not doing relational repair. This is really important in relationships in general, but this is really critical when we're building up trust and rapport and just kind of um, fluffing up the ego of the child again. Um, Number four, ask yourself what needs of yours weren't being met by you. Why did this happen? It's not simply because you're a terrible person. Um, something likely was happening or not happening, right? That was a mismatch for your needs. Were you tired? And this was just sort of a way that you expressed needing space. Um, or that you were under-resourced? Were you trying to do a task and it was a moment where you really just wanted to get something done, especially 
for those with littles or multiple kids, you know, it's like the minute you try to do something protective, um, it seems like you're wanted, right? Um, even when I do coaching with parents, I always warn them, your kids are going to show up and invariably they do. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's, that's normal. Um, but it can be frustrating. And a lot of times, even when I'm meeting with um, parents to do consulting, they're very apologetic. And it's like, it's, it is what it is. Kids, kids do that. Like, um, it's just how it goes, right? Um, but it can be frustrating when we're looking to have an experience and then their needs of us in that moment are disruptive and, you know, sometimes limiting what we're trying to do. So really look at what led to what happened. What was not happening for you that you needed that would have created a different response in you? Um, and then number five is how can you support your own need to help limit a reoccurrence? So really dig under this. What, what, what was needed? What didn't happen for you? What can you do to meet that need um, so that we don't repeat this? And this is really important because apologies, as you know it, like I always tell people, um, you know, the, the, the best apology is behavior change, right? So saying I'm sorry, after, like throwing a glass on the floor, it's shattering, saying I'm sorry doesn't put it back together. So we have to be really mindful, even in our own because we get frustrated with kids doing this. Like you really need to figure out what has happened. One is gonna just better your own situation because you know, if you go into a reactive state, generally showing that meat of yours isn't being met, which means there's stress, you know, aside from the incident, you're stressed. Secondly, um, it's really important to to as much as we can not just keep repeating. Uh, patterns. And if you find that you are stuck and you're finding that it's really hard for you to know what's missing, this is a great time to seek out consult. Sometimes we just get so stuck in seeing things in a specific way or with so many parents, they're so focused on the children and their needs that they kind of lose track of self and their own wants needs in the moment. And that's really common. It's not often discussed, but it shows up a lot in the the work that I do, you know, again, the whole parenting project was born out of my work um, as a therapist. I'm a trained therapist, um, but because in therapy, the focus is often on um, clinical diagnosing, I wanted to create a, a different type of platform, more of a coaching platform where I could meet with parents anywhere. And it was more holistic, more positive and less about diagnosing treatment planning, which, you know, it's often a, um, I guess you could say a focus in therapy, but just to have it be a, a way more holistic, way more seemingly positive experience that um, it's not about being labeled, but this is how you're broken or how you're, you're doing something wrong. It's like, okay, where are you feeling stuck? Where can we skill build? How can we support you in your role and empower you as a parent um, so that you can better support your child? I sometimes work with kids, but most of the, most of the time I really like, it's more a parenting platform. I really, really want to empower parents in their positions and in their roles, um, because you are going to be with your child the whole life, right? Well, that's the hope. And so I don't like to intervene in that once in a while, if I can't get a read on the situation, I might meet with the child just to get feedback depending on the age. But a lot of times 
you know, parents know their children well um, and just don't know what to do. And so helping you learn skills can really make a huge change at home. It's incredible. And it often isn't big things. It's just tweaking sometimes approach, converse, like how you communicate and how you, um, how you communicate with your child, but how you communicate in general, because they do what you do and not just what you say. So again, number five is how can you support your own need to help limit a recurrence? Number six, actually make the changes, right? Um, so it, it isn't too helpful to just be aware of a pattern if you're not gonna change the pattern. So take action to take care of you. Seek support, like we said, um, so that, and this could be hard because sometimes what is needed is some sort of change that can be stressful or inconvenient in some way. Like maybe somebody needs to change a sleep routine. Maybe somebody needs to pull in some sort of support and you know the finances of that are overwhelming. Maybe could be anything, right? But really, really look at like, what do you need and start at least on a small scale implementing that. Um, this is, this can be as basic sometimes as giving permission to parents to walk away from a, um, a situation in which their child is melting down um, if they're about to melt down too. And to take breaks and to realize that not everything has to be in that immediate moment, especially if you are under text and you're not gonna respond well, it's better to not do the negative than it is to force through and have a negative experience. And so um, you don't have to have all the answers right away. A lot of times I encourage parents to circle back to conversations. Um, you have a lot more um, flexibility than you think. You do not have to be on point 24 seven in every single moment, it's not gonna happen, but you can learn strategies to eliminate things and lower the frequency or the intensity of things, um, reactive strategies to, to maybe bump through in a different matter and repair strategies, right? To, if something does occur, how do you really come back to it um, and clear it? So it doesn't, it's not something that you're worrying has caused harm to child. And like I said at the beginning, that's the number one concern a lot of times is um, I'm hurting my child. I'm causing irreparable harm by this thing or this thing. And then this embarrassment and this fear of judgment around that, fear of some sort of outside intervention where families just kind of get deadlocked into patterns that um, are stressful, but they're scared to seek help. So these are just sort of the basic six strategies I would recommend. Like I said, um, these can get tailored to different families depending on the needs of the child and then the family style. Um, but it's a good foundation just to think about while you're looking at moving through this. And like I said, I really encourage if you just feel stuck or kind of lost um, to really reach out. You, I invite you, you can snoop my webpage um, www.wholeparentingproject.com. The links are in the podcast. Um, but really any provider that you feel would be of service to you, um, coach, therapist, whatever, and just I, and really feel it out. Like really make sure you feel like you feel comfortable with that person. Um, but there is help and there's ways, sometimes very simple strategies to kind of bump through very deadlocked patterns at home. So thanks for listening. Uh, and I just, yeah, I just want to say, if you're listening to this, 
if this drew your attention, then I already know that you're a very committed parent and you're the type I'm the least concerned about. Those who are self-reflecting and worrying are generally not the ones I worry about. It's the ones who take no notice of self and engage in no self-reflection that um, don't own their stuff sometimes. We all have stuff, we're all humans. This can get very projected into our parent-child relationship. It's great if you're seeking answers um, in healing in your own being to heal your relationship. Um, yeah, and like I said, feel free to see my page, um, reach out and just wishing you the greatest of days.